Hello and welcome to the Closed Pyramid, where we talk all lower league soccer in America. Presented by the Stateside Soccer Show, my name is Jordan Wiegand, and for the first time ever joining me is Logan Stump. Hey, this pyramid's not so closed. Uh, they've now relegated me to the U- No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we opened it up for you, yeah. Right. I guess it's a promotion in a way, um, because I get to talk USL, which is really exciting. Because I, you, you could say a relegation too, because you have to do more work now too. Uh, it it yeah. can work both ways. Right. I was like, I'm still trying to catch up on the league, uh, so pardon any kind of mistakes that I make here. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about USL just because I, 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 I know of the Rowdies and I know uh, mm-hmm. a lot about them just because they're local uh, and they are a staple. Uh, in your battery, yeah. right? Your, your, My Charleston, Charleston battery, battery, right? I, I grew up, uh, I used to go to Blackbaud Stadium, which is where they used to play. I think they now play at College Charleston. So um, that's that's fun. I know they added in uh, new standing, uh, like, you know, the standing bleachers and supporter sections. Uh, Char- College of Charleston just added those in as part of a gift from the battery, I think. So uh, that's pretty so cool. weird. Do you think that... Is that a step down? I'm not sure how that works. Is that a step yeah. down from the other stadium, or would they be? So I would say, honestly, like Blackbaud was cool because it has a lot of history, but it's in the same area. It's on Daniel Island in Charleston, South Carolina. But I would argue that the the way that College of Charleston has built their stadium, it's immaculate. So, no, I would actually say it's, it's a step sideways, but in a way, I also think it's a step up a little bit, an upgrade, because the facilities mm. are good. So I actually really enjoy College of Charleston's uh, – it's in a big complex over there with our baseball stadium. You're so. wearing the you're wearing your college of Charleston. There we go, baby. Too. Yeah, there we go. So. Too bad they couldn't make a run in the tournament. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. So we're going to start off with some news here. Louisville City defender Josh uh, Wender completed his 1.5 million Benfica transfer. Um, it's also some potential add-ons with that as well, but it makes it the largest USL move in history. And he's going to be moving this summer when he turns 18. Um, I guess just kind of talking first, how, how big do you think this is Logan, just for like soccer in America, having their second division, being able to produce young players like this to sell overseas as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's massive, right? We talk about it with MLS. We talk about the academy teams like with FC Dallas and the young players that they're they're kind of able to churn out. I think it's big for Louisville City, too, as a a club that some of the bigger clubs will start to look at as far as people that build talent and and good talent. So I think with MLS just above them and then you've got like academies and things and such like Benfica, they're known. For churning out youth development like youth development is their thing that's where a lot of manchester city players came from um ruben diaz bernardo silva like joao Cancelo, like they, they they've always had really good players uh, in the portuguese system so for portugal to turn jordan to louisville city and the the heartland of the united states if you want to call it that uh and pluck a player off in joshua winder that is a really good defender and somebody that I think uh, U.S. men's national team will have their eye on as well as he kind of goes up through the system. Um, I think it's massive. And to send over that much money to a USL club when a lot of these teams, Jordan, have a hard time paying um, any kind of fees for anything and, and really kind of keeping up with the state, like college or sorry, uh, the Charleston battery go to college Charleston because they couldn't pay any longer to be in Blackbaud. Um, so an infusion of cash was, this is massive and it's, it's speaking to Jordan, and I think the more that this happens, I think it speaks to the fact that USL is legitimate and, and that these lower leagues in the United States can start to kind of carry that torch of being a club or, or teams that uh, 
some of these bigger clubs internationally can kind of pick on. So I love it. I think it's a great move. Yeah, pretty big. I mean, uh, I talked about it in my first episode, just about like um, how the Apple deal can affect USL in the sense of, you know, Miami makes a deal to be on their on their local CBS, um, and then they have the ESPN deal, and it's like that's the only American soccer that's going to be on ESPN. They don't have the U.S. men's national team anymore. They don't have MLS anymore. So like. I know ESPN doesn't usually put a lot into their soccer stuff, but just the fact that it'll be available for some of those games where people can flick on. And, you know, the casual fans that do flick it on are not going to know what USL is. So they're going to think like, this is the legit league, right? This is like the top league and um, that can hurt hurt or help, I guess. But yeah, just kind of interesting to see how this continues to grow. Um we talked about how USL championship has kind of had lesser teams as we go, because some of these teams are moving on to like MLS next pro. I think that's a good thing. I don't want a second division full of like team twos for all these other teams. Um, I'd rather that be in like MLS next pro, but um, yeah, super excited to be able to talk about some of these. So this is the way that we're going to do it because um I came back from Florida. I recorded and released the episode while I was in Florida, right? Right before the season started on Saturday, the 11th. And I thought, oh, I'll come back home and I'll record um, the recap of the first few weeks, like the first week. And then um, I'll have you on to talk about week two and all that kind of stuff. Well, um, I was sick, so I didn't do any. I haven't done any of the podcasts I do by myself at all this week because I just haven't been able to get through it. Today is like the best day for me right now. So feeling pretty good. But, um, and then you mentioned you want to come on here. So I was like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to talk week one results. We're going to talk week two results up until Sunday. So I'm probably releasing this on Tuesday, everyone. Okay. We won't be talking about Sunday results because, uh, we're recording this before any of those games kick off. So, what you'll hear is next Sunday, you'll hear the results about last Sunday and the games that happened midweek and Friday and Saturday, whatever. Uh, the, you know, USL is not as consistent as MLS is now with all games on Saturday. So it's going to be a little bit more of a adjustment to kind of get used to this, but it's going to be like a weekly check-in every Sunday. I'll probably release it on Sunday once we get onto that rhythm. But since I'm recording three podcasts with you today, uh, one of them's coming out this like today. One of them's coming out tomorrow. One of them's coming out Tuesday. So that's the way that we're gonna structure that this week. But yes, uh, so we're gonna start off here. So week one, the favorite score line in the league that weekend was one-one. Four games on Saturday and one on Sunday ended with a one-one score line. But the season kicked off with Memphis facing off against Loudoun United. Uh, Loudoun jumped out to an early 2-0 lead 11 minutes in with Memphis pulling one back in the 37th minute. But Loudoun seals it in the 90-plus fourth minute. Uh, Memphis had more possession, had more shots, and their goal scorer also got a red card in the 63rd minute. For me, that was a weak red card. I think it was like kind of like a soft elbow to the face. Wasn't intentional to me, but... Um, yeah, Loudon jumping out to, you know, this team used to be affiliated with 
DC United now, I think it's more of a gray area if they are. I think Rooney says they can still send players to Loudon and call players back like willy-nilly. But and I think the official partnership is done. Um, like they were like a almost like a DC United 2 at, at some point. Yeah, no, I, uh, what is it? What's his name? I, Ryan, Zach Ryan. Yeah, Zach Ryan, two goals, right? Um, I don't know. I, I think when you're able to send people up and down through MLS and stuff, like with DC United, like it, it would have been cool to kind of see, like you obviously watched this longer than I have, but like to be able to have those systems in place to be able to pull team, you know, guys up from these leagues, it'd be massive. But, um, you know, it, it I, they were the one that always popped up on Twitter whenever I would watch, like, from afar, when Loud United would pop up. Really? It's always, yes. For some reason, I don't know what it is, but, like, and especially now, like, even on, on Twitter, I think a lot of their highlights popped up. Just, but I think that's just more because they've scored quite a bit, so. It's interesting. Well, Miami beat uh, – no, it did not beat. Miami drew <laughs> Tulsa 1-1. Really great goal by Velo uh, in the 26th minute. And then two minutes later, a shot is blocked by Tulsa. I mean, a shot by Tulsa is blocked by the keeper and then it's tapped in by Yusuf. Miami had so many chances, 16 shots with seven on goal. Tulsa's goalkeeper uh, made some good saves at the end there, but just a, a really great uh, – Miami probably feels like they should have uh, won that game. Such a bummer, too, to like give up a goal immediately after scoring a – like banger of a goal yeah no it's wild to see florian below too because he was fc cincinnati like it's it's so weird yeah. watching some of these games you're like what the hell and we'll get into tyler pasher but i was like yeah what in the world like i i didn't know that below had, uh, had ended up uh leaving and going to usl i had no clue no idea that he's with miami so uh the birmingham legion drew pittsburgh riverhounds which is uh logan has a favorite player on the, <laughs> on the riverhounds i do 1-1, but 28th minute, Legion take the lead off a corner header, and then 72nd minute, Pittsburgh equalize. The really nice finish by Mertz. Um, and then it was 80-minute, nice double save by the keeper to keep it level for the Legion, um, or else maybe Pittsburgh uh, gets an away win there. But but pre- pretty good. By You want to share who your favorite player is there on the round? Yeah, Albert Dequa, uh, which in week two, um, it's going to get more interesting for Albert. But uh, <laughs> no, I love him. I love his name. I don't know why, but also. It's like, like me with Kyoto. I like yeah, Kyoto's is. name. Yeah. Um, Charleston Battery drew with Phoenix rather than another one of these 1-1 one, one draws. 60 minutes, Battery took a lead through Booth. There's a real big mess in the box. Just ball bouncing around and finally ending up in the back of the net. And then in the 74th minute equalizer by Trejo, which was a ball over the top and then a nice little layoff and, and scored. Uh, Pittsburgh, um, why did I say Pittsburgh? Uh, Charleston had 17 shots for uh, to compared to five for Phoenix, and Phoenix had more possession. So I always think it's funny when a team has like a lot more possession but has like five shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it this week with like Crew having – 60 some percent possession having five shots the red bulls like 17 it's kind of similar here with like battery having way more shots um with less possession but fun thing there tampa bay rowdies drew with indy 11 1 1 20 minutes in handball in the box pk saved by indy 11 there 
And then 57th minute, Tampa Bay finally get their goal. And then a 90 plus six, Quinn scores for Indy 11 to tie it up. This is a weak call for me, right? I, I know people like to say, if the if the contact carries over into the box to call it a call it a penalty. For me, most of the contact is actually outside the box. And to me, the way it looked is that the player purposely falls into the box to say that it carried over. Like, I think even when he starts falling, he's not in the box. So for me, that's not a penalty. Now, I'm not sure like what USLs, I don't think they have VAR. I, I'm not really clear on that. Um, I don't think they use pro refs anymore either. I think they stopped that this year. So I'm not sure what the ref level is in usl right now but uh there's a lot of calls i did not agree with when i was going through these games yeah i've seen a couple too in week two that uh are um questionable there's only one and when we get to it we'll get to it i think it's in the riverhounds game um but uh, there's one that was clearly obvious and it was like what was happening but yeah no i i think level of of refing has gone down anyway so the, uh, just across the board so uh, it's not only just USL, I think it's MLS. I think it's uh, some of the European leagues as well struggle with this. But, you know, I did see this one. Um, and like you said, I this one's always tough for me, like the contact that carries and continues through the box. Like I, it's such a tough call because it's like it's got to be immediately right where where the contact uh, occurs. And, and sometimes I just don't agree with the fact that like it, it disrupted his run through the box. Yeah, to to me this is like a flop. This is yeah. just like a total flop into yeah. the box. I I mean, and the bad thing is like these highlight packages they used to are only four minutes. Yeah, on ESL's YouTube, and like they barely show it like that many times. Like you have to like go back and watch it yourself like a couple times. But um, it's a it's a shame. San Antonio, who won it all last year, uh, start off the season with a three one win over the Oakland Roots. Um, they only had 34% possession, but had more shots. And uh, yeah, there you go. They're starting the season off with a win. Sac Republic beat El Paso 1-0. Monterey Bay beat Hartford Athletic 5-3. Dixon had a hat trick for uh, Monterey Bay there. Uh, two minutes in, 38 minute, 39 minutes in, and a 44th minute penalty. Uh, Monterey also had an own goal. Uh, from Hartford, uh, Rad, who's also good. So here's the thing, too. Hartford, Rad scores in the 41st minute. Then he scores an own goal in the 45th plus one. That's got to be like a total up and down day for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, well, I played okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I scored, scored but I and other team too. <laughs> I scored two times, right? Like, that's, that's how it's going. But yeah, so that was a interesting thing for him but monterey bay like last year i don't think they if i can remember right off the top of my head i don't think they finished that well so to have them start with a 5-3 win you probably don't want to give up three when you're leading um i think at some point let's see it was one it was one one at a point all right Um, i see that then it was two one three one no three two and then 5 2 5 3 yeah so at one point it was 5 2 so i guess it was 4 2 at some point so i don't know. kind of kind of a crazy 
crazy game there. San Diego Loyal beat Detroit City, who who played pretty well coming up from uh, Nisa last year. So Nisa is where the Maryland Bobcats are playing. Um, Detroit was doing so much, uh, constantly, just winning that, uh, winning that um, league all the time in in Nisa, just playing really well. So they they bumped up to the championship. They bought their way into there, I guess. And then um, San Diego Loyal, Landon Donovan not coaching this year. He's in the front office, and they start off with a win over Detroit City, who played pretty well last year. So um, I guess we'll see here. Detroit City, we'll, we'll talk about this week uh, in a little bit here, but they they get a win. Um, Louisville start off the season. They were in the final last year. They ended up losing to San Antonio, but they beat Orange County this week 3-1. Um, great start for them to kind of get back on the get back on track here for a run at a championship for them, you would think. Rio Grande uh draw with Las Vegas one one. Las Vegas took the lead four minutes in through an own goal, and then right before the halftime, Rio Grande tied it up. So at the end of week one, that that's how it was. There were some teams that hadn't played still, that's kind of confusing. Like Colorado. Switchbacks did not play on the weekend, but they're going to play on Wednesday, March 15th. But El Paso is playing their second game at that point. Like, this is kind of like the, the this is how we used to be with MLS, right? Yes. Where it's like, oh, this team's played like four games. This team's played one. You're like, what? How does that work? Um, And especially like El Paso was playing on, I think, Sunday or Saturday, and then to play Wednesday, and then to play again Saturday. Like, that's got to. <laughs> That's gotta suck. All right, so we'll move on to week two here. So El Paso started off the week there. Colorado started off their season on a Wednesday, and they win the game two one. Uh, then you know, no games till Friday, where Birmingham Legion win three two. Tyler Pasher, former Houston Dynamo. One of our players that we thought we, we really liked, Tyler Pasher. What was that, 2021? Yeah. Yeah, it would have been 21. I didn't realize where he went, but he yeah. goes to the Birmingham Legion, scores two goals, fourth minute and 83rd minute. 83rd minute was a good goal. You tweeted it out too, but um, yeah. Maybe kind of weak on the end of that the team gave it up, but I mean, a lot of individual effort by Tyler Pasher. He dribbles for quite a bit, cuts in some people. And then takes a shot from well outside the box to score it. It was like five defenders too. Like it looked like <laughs> it looked like little kids trying to defend an adult. Like they just kept slipping and are like would get completely lost defensively. And Tyler made a really good cut in, and he did that with the Dynamo. <laughs> I think last year too, he he was the one that started out with like three really great goals to start the year mm-hmm. in twenty two, and then fizzled like he always does. And and it was like where'd he go? And now we found him, Jordan. We found out where Tyler went. Yeah, Birmingham Legion. Uh, they win 3-2. Um, I think the player on um, Tulsa, Mark, is that Marcus Epps? Or, no, where is he? Um, I'm going to have to look this up. Um, yeah, it is a Marcus Epps. Okay. He was a union player. Yes, yes. All right, 2017. 2017, Marcus Epps. I can't believe it was that long ago now. Oh, my God. We drafted him in the 2017 Super Draft. 
And then he went to um, Red Bulls. And he was mostly hanging out at like Bethlehem Steel and Red Bulls too. And then he goes to Memphis, Portland too, San Antonio, Phoenix, and now he's at Tulsa. I can't believe it's been that long. Holy crap. I was thinking that was only like a couple years ago. 2017 is like six years ago we drafted him. But the, the, we were talking about this right uh, offline. Having a strong second division like this, it, the good thing is it gives those chances for these players to still play professionally. Um, When you have a strong second division, if they're not capable of making it an MLS, they can at least have, you know, a level that they're playing at. Yeah. It's hard for fans in this country to really get behind that idea that we have a second league because we don't have uh, promotion relegation. So you don't see a lot of these teams unless you really make an effort. But again, they're on ESPN, they're streaming. So I, I don't get, and I'm excited to start watching because I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of uh, just casually turning one of these games on saying oh, this would be interesting and then you see old mls guys that are playing in this league but it does it gives that it, it's like the championship uh, in england it's like um you know league one and two like you see a lot of these guys that that they, they want to play professional football they want to do that that's what their life goal is and and they get a chance to do this and i think it's cool because a lot of these little communities don't have and will never have a, a big professional sports team um, like an NFL team, an NBA team, an MLS team. And I, I think it helps massively when you have like Charleston. We didn't have a professional uh, team. Like we had a semi-professional hockey team. But well, being able to, to to have a team that is getting some of these professional players like the Charleston Battery, it was always massive for us. And we used to go to some of their games just for fun, uh, just because it was a professional team playing in our city. So, Yeah, you know, people always look at the second league thing as like, pro rel stuff right but they don't ever think about it how it helps just the american player right so like you have a case of like winder right who is a young player that maybe didn't get picked by an mls team but he gets picked by louisville right so they're in a different market finding different kids right and then that they can still sell him and move him on to europe but what you also have is players that can't cut in an MLS or maybe are older and get cut by MLS that then end up in the championship and can play at a level. Like so so there's this I think sometimes people are too focused on how it affects the clubs and talking about pro rel and not how it just affects the American player. How you know, USL has even lifted up uh Jamaican teams and uh, national teams. You know, when you're talking about some of those players from other CONCACAF regions may not be able to make it in MLS, but they might be able to play professionally in USL where they can't in another country. And that makes their national team better because they're playing against better players at, you know, at a higher level. So, you know, there it's important to still have like this type of level. Um, and what you're talking about is like getting a chance to watch it. I know people are complaining that, you know, MLS is all on Saturday and they can't watch many games. Um, because once you watch your team's game, there's only a few more games or whatever. But with them all being on Saturday, guess what? I can watch the Sunday USL games. I can watch the Friday night USL games. You know, like there's, there's instead of before 
where I felt like I was watching MLS from like 12 p.m. Saturday to 10 p.m. or 12 a.m. Saturday, and then doing the same thing on Sunday, I'm able to now kind of like delegate my time a little better to say I can watch MLS 360 while I'm watching my union, right? And then turn on a West Coast game. And then the Sunday, I can watch these USL games. I can watch, uh, catch up on highlights. I do like that they put, I do like that their videos are four minutes long. I will say that because you're able to kind of catch up easier than like when you look at some, like I think Premier League sometimes puts like 17 minute one. I'm like, I can't watch an 18 minute highlight video right now. I have to try to prepare myself for the show, you know? So like, I do like that they're four minutes. I just wish they would kind of like, Maybe give it five minutes if you need to show like a controversial decision. You know, show us a few more takes of it without me having to rewind myself. But uh, I think this can work out. There's like three games today. I'm going to be gone for one of them. But <coughs> like San Diego Loyal versus Phoenix, that's probably a good game at six. Rio Grande and Oakland at eight. Like th- th- that's pretty cool. There's two games on Friday night. Um, And then, yeah, majority of the games are on Saturday around the same time the MLS games are on. So you'll have to either like quadruple screen or, you know, just catch up later, but it's fun. I mean, I, I, I like that. So we'll go into week two here, which Saturday had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Um, let me just say out of the seven, there was three one ones again. I'm sensing a trend here this season so far with the one, one draws, but the river hounds beat Memphis three, one, I just want to highlight something here. Memphis keeps ending up on this wrong side of 3-1 so far uh, on the season. They had a 3-1 loss to Loudon to start the season, and then they have a 3-1 loss to start week two to Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Um, and that game started off, I think, is that the one that started off very hot? Uh, yeah, fifth minute in. <laughs> Dequa scores, seventh minute in, Lapa scores for Memphis to make it 1-1, seven minutes in. Um, and then Dequa gets the penalty in the 39th minute. And then Dequa scores again in the 71st minute. Oh, my God, a hat trick. I didn't even pay attention to that. Pretty good. Um, Memphis had more control of the ball, but Riverhounds had more shots. Just uh, more shots on target, too. Good game from Dequa, though. Your boy. Did you see the handball on this one? No, I did not. <laughs> it, it is the most obvious handball I've ever seen, I think, in uh, For the penalty? Kind of oh, yeah. Like, the penalty ends up, like, uh, they cross it in, uh, and I think Dequa was waiting for it. I, I think he scores it because this defender sticks his hand out like down and blocks it. I was like, what the heck? I've never seen a defender stick their hand knowingly out and go boom and just stop the ball. I was like, what the heck was that? It, it looked on purpose. I, I didn't think it was at all on purpose until I watched the highlights. But yeah, one of the, one of the Memphis players sticks his, the, the defender sticks his hand out. Um, they were, I think they were going to score, but it, it was pretty interesting. But Dequa, man, he he's electric. Cameroon, center forward. What a what a guy, and he's quick too. Like I really watched like he's twenty five, but three goals, and his first one was great. So. I'm looking for it now. I'm looking for the handball. Um, 
I will say USL does a really nice job on their YouTube channel by tagging uh, yes. their highlights. Like yes, I know I what do. I'm looking at. Oh yeah, I see the handball now. Yeah, I, yeah, I do like. Um, I do like when people do this. I, I, I would, if I had time, I would like to do that for our. Yeah. Like when we're talking about different topics and stuff, but. Um, yeah, maybe when we're more professional, I guess. <laughs> but uh, Miami uh, loses to New Mexico United. Um, a penalty in the 85th minute by Portillo. Um, I think it's a handball again. There's so many handball calls. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a penalty, so... Um, yeah, so so New Mexico wins that. Um, Colorado Springs Switchback have their second game of the season. They draw with Hartford Athletic. Both of these had late goals, 70th minute um, and 88th minute. Zondi tying it up for Colorado Springs Switchbacks FC. What a mouthful of a name. Um, so far, I want to ask you, your thoughts on the names and the crests? Because I, I actually really like USL names and crests. But is there one that stands out to you that you're like, oh, that looks really cool, or that name is a is a mouthful, or anything like that? Um, I thought that the, uh, what was it? It was uh, Memphis 901 was strange. Um, I thought that was odd, because it had the number in it. Uh, Loud and United sounds like they play in England. Um, it does. So that's, that's kind of fun. Um, I think... I really do like uh, Charleston Battery's logo because I know what it stands like. It, it's got the two cannons. Like maybe it's not the best of things because those cannons were used to start the Civil War, um, and that's what that's referencing is the Charleston Battery. Um, Hartford, uh, I imagine that's Connecticut. That sounds very English as well. Uh, but I think I honestly, Jordan, I think my favorite um, crest slash name uh, is Phoenix Rising. Like, I, I don't know why I think it because it's the soccer ball that looks like the Phoenix. And then it I just love that name, the Phoenix Rising. It sounds like a like some kind of movie. <laughs> it, who, do you think, who do you think is their most famous player? Phoenix Rising? At, at some point in their season, in Tim, their history. Tim Parker. I have no idea. He looks like somebody. That <laughs> Didier played. Drogba played no there way. from 2017 to 2018. Are you serious? Yes. He scored 13 goals in 21 matches. No crap. Wow. Yes, I watched a lot of Phoenix Rising back then. That's cool, uh, though. Two seasons he played there, 2017 and 2018 seasons. Yeah, and um, I know Sacramento. I think he owns them or something. Yeah. I know Sacramento. Um, not Sacramento. Yeah, Sacramento. Um, only because of Orlando City's game against them last year. Oh, right. right. They were really good. Like, I was impressed. Um, I know San Antonio is very good. Uh them Louisville favorites win so yeah yeah I would say so um you know who I really like I, I like I the name and the crest is just so silly that I I, I love it so much the El Paso locomotive yeah <laughs> see with like the train grill <laughs> like the crest I yeah. love that so much um when I, th- when I think about USL and stuff, I always think like minor league baseball and like yes. how you can get some silly names with that. And I yeah. like that. I like leaning into that a bit. I know a lot of people want to do just like the FCSC stuff, but um, I, like that. I mean, locomotive is also used in like the what Russian leagues and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, it's still like kind of Euro based, but 
I just love that it has an actual like train like grill in it right there. Yeah. I would say a lot of these teams too play in really cool cities. Like uh, I mean Pittsburgh's really nice. Uh, San Antonio's fantastic from what I've heard. Um, <laughs> Memphis, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Charleston's beautiful. I have lived there. Um, Phoenix, fantastic city. Miami, Tampa, Indy 11, I think, are building a new stadium too. So that's cool. Yes, um, a huge. I don't know if it actually gets approved, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Well, my team, El Paso Locomotive FC, they lose to Detroit City 3-1, who rebounds. Um, I like Detroit's crest as well. Um, but, yeah, this was a Yuma own goal in the nine minutes in to give Detroit a lead. And then 17th minutes in, uh, Kostashin scores for Locomotive. And then 60th minute, Matthews takes the lead. And then Maxi Rodriguez uh, scores in the 78th minute. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's uh, Detroit City getting their first win of the season. Uh, we also had Monterey lose to Louisville, own B scoring for Louisville City as they start off the season pretty good. Uh, own B also got a red card in this match, second yellow. Um, I feel like that's got a, a trend here with some USL goal scorers. That's two weeks in a row where they've scored and then get a red card. Um, Got to clean that up. And then Orange County drew with the Rowdies 1-1. There's that scoreline again. Nielsen in the 40th minute and Haraval in the 82nd minute for the Rowdies. And Sac Republic tying with Charleston Battery 1-1 as well. Um, Red card in that game as well for Luis Fernandez on Sac Republic. I'm like, these, these... Championship players got to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it I've seen are like uh, the. Have we even seen a red card in MLS this season so far? I feel like I mean, we have. Julian Carranza. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. It's the one that just happened. Yeah, but I I, I I did notice in a lot of the highlights with USL, it's a lot of arguing with the ref. Like it's a lot of that. Like I think because these guys are they have aspirations of playing in bigger leagues, so I think they get a little little fired up and i think because they don't have the the professional refs um i think that also has a lot to do with it you got refs that are out there just throwing up the yellow cards because it's fun so let's look at the table so far in the east louisville city leads with six points they're the only team that have six points Birmingham legion in second with four, Pittsburgh Riverhounds in third with four points, Detroit City in fourth with three points, Loudon in fifth with three points, then the Battery in sixth with two, Tampa in seventh with two, Tulsa in eighth with one, Hartford in ninth with one, Indy 11 in tenth with one. They've only played one game, though. Same thing with Loudon. And then Miami and Memphis um, in 11th and 12th, Miami with one point. Memphis with zero. They, again, they've ended both games three to one losses. So if you have to make a pick for when they play Oakland next, probably best to put three on Oakland. <laughs> um, in the West, surprise, Colorado Springs switchbacks. Top of the West with four points. Sac Republic in second with four points. Monterey in third with three New Mexico United in fourth with three. San Antonio in fifth with three. Now, New Mexico and San Antonio have only played one game 
Same thing with San Diego and Las Vegas. They both have played one game. Um, they're in sixth and seventh. Orange County in eighth with two point uh, with two games played, one point. Sorry, Phoenix in ninth with one point. Rio Grande Valley in um, tenth with one point, and El Paso have played three games and have lost all three. Ouch. Um, they lost one nil. They lost two one. And they lost 3-1. And then Oakland Roots have played one game, and they sit bottom of the table. So far, the leading goal scorer is Dequa with three goals. Also, Alex Dixon of Monterey Bay has three goals. And, um, yeah, wow, that's a good start for for Dequa there. Um, All from one game. So the matches that are taking place Sunday that we will talk about Next week is Loudoun United at 345 against San Antonio, San Diego and Phoenix Rising, Rio Grande Valley versus Oakland Roots. We'll also talk about the games that are taking place Friday, March 24th, Pittsburgh Riverhounds in Miami at 7, Rio Grande Valley versus Monterey Bay at 8 o'clock. Saturday, March 25th, we have Hartford Athletic versus Birmingham Legion at 2, Louisville City versus El Paso Locomotive at 3. Detroit City versus Indy 11 at 4. Charleston Battery versus the Rowdy, 7.30. That's the Logan Derby there. FC Tulsa versus Loudoun United at 8.30. San Antonio hosting the Springs Switchbacks at 8.30. That's a big one because San Antonio can kind of get back um, while they're playing today against Loudoun as well. But people expect San Antonio to be top, but Colorado Springs are so far. Oakland Roots. At 10 o'clock on Saturday versus Memphis, Orange County versus Las Vegas at 10 o'clock, and Sac Republic versus San Diego at 10 o'clock. Oh, fun story too. By the time that we talk next Sunday about these games, there's no games on Sunday next week. Uh, so we'll be like officially caught up and, and like previewing the next week. So that'll be that'll be nice. And before we go to, I just want to actually mention the USL League One has kicked off. Um, I think they only played like, there was only like four games that have happened so far. Um, Friday, North Carolina lost to South Georgia Tormenta. Charlotte Independence drew with the Richmond Kickers. And one Knoxville SC drew uh, beat Lexington 2-1. That's it. They kicked off their opening season, their opening week. Logan, there's 13 teams in the USL League One, and they played uh, three games on opening weekend. This is the frustrating thing, right? And then we have a game on Wednesday, three games on Saturday, a game on Sunday, and then finally on April 1st, they play like five games. I don't. It's kind of weird. I don't really understand the way that they're that they're doing the schedule there. I did notice that like a lot of them play in like baseball stadiums. So I guess baseball would be starting soon. So that's probably why. And then I know uh, some of them play at colleges and I know a lot of the colleges start soon as far as soccer. Um, some play in the fall. Since soccer season in the U S does not make any sense to me because like soccer season at my high school that I taught at, um, they would start in like October 
they played by like the European calendar in, in it's, school. You do like it's yeah. a fall sport in school, but like professionally here, it's like a spring. Yeah, but summer. like in South Carolina, it was spring high school and like fall here. It's so weird. Like I was like, I don't understand when soccer season is. But yeah, I think a lot of those scheduling things with USL and stuff are just uh, honestly probably commitment to the pitch that they play on. So I didn't think of it that way. So that's a that's yeah. a good. Uh... Good shout, I guess, because I was really lost on why. Yeah. You know, like, I we... think I was watching the uh, El Paso game, and they are playing on one of the minor league stadiums, uh, baseball. Mm, okay. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, USL League One is 12 teams, and they have six make the playoffs. So there you go with that. Uh, USL Championship, I just had to verify this. They have eight teams in each conference make the playoffs. So they're only going to eliminate eight teams, um, four in each conference. So currently, it's hard to tell because some teams have played only one game. But, uh, you know, the only teams missing the playoffs currently are Miami, Indy, Hartford, Memphis, Phoenix, Orange County, Oakland, and El Paso. So um, season's young. The season's young, but we'll, we'll also check in with USL League One as we go. But like, like those games are so scattered that it's not as stressful. I mean, when I did uh, when I did this by my own too, I'd also like catch up on NISA at times, which I might, you know, we might look at the table, but we're probably not going to talk as in depth with NISA. They took forever to even put out their schedule. People were wondering if they were going to yeah like, fold. It. Yeah, if they were folding. Yeah, it's worrisome. Nice is, nice is still around, but so is NASA. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the the spaceships. That's where they're going to play. I get so confused sometimes. That's where like, they're going to play. The they're going to send about? them to space this year. Yeah, right. That's uh, well, Elon probably would. So. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Logan, tell us how it was the first first week here of catching uh, up on USL getting stuff. getting to know a new league. That'll be tough. Um, I think a lot of the players I'm starting to get used to, but mm-hmm. uh, teens and stuff, like I know Louisville and San Antonio are heavy favorites. I know that Loyal are usually pretty decent with Sacramento. I know that Indy 11, uh, Indiana has usually got a good soccer program, youth and uh, semi-pro, so now professional. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested to get into this league just because I, I find it fascinating. I always did when I was a kid too, because USL was the one we watched. so. Um, no, I'm interested to get back into it and really learn this league because it's, uh, I think it's a lot of fun. Lots of goals. Yeah, we're putting the uh, stateside in our name finally. We're actually yeah, finally. Talking about everything yeah. stateside. So um, we're all part of the Stateside Soccer Show Network. So if you want to leave feedback, you can reach us at Stateside Show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Email us statesideshow at gmail.com. We'll catch you next weekend when we talk all the results from the rest of this week all the way up till next Saturday the 25th and we'll catch you next time